0: Just before we kick off today's episode of the Clare and Blue podcast, we've got some exciting and important news to tell you about the show. As of today, our podcast will be hosted on the Global Player app. Don't worry though, if you listen to us on other platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or even Acast, that's fine. But we do recommend that you download the Global Player app to listen to our podcast before it's released on any other player. The Global Player is available to download on iOS and Google stores. Thank you very much for your continued support and let's get underway with today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the current and Blue podcast. This week we are doing our Aston Villa unpopular opinions. Uh, I did a tweet yesterday asking for people to send in their unpopular opinions which we'll get to later in the episode but today we've got two each that we're going to sit through so we've got myself, Matt Kendrick and James Rushton. How are you doing boys? I'm all right. Thank you. Thank you very much for asking. It's interesting that it's called unpopular opinions because if you try reading the comment section
1: of our uh, of YouTube, you'll probably realize that most of our uh, most of our episodes are unpopular opinions yeah. but
2: uh, <laughs> you know let's go with it. Let's let's stay true to our convictions. James, how are you? I'm all right. Glad to be back on. It's boiling in this room as well.
0: <laughs> unpopular opinions, obviously it's something that you know you don't want to go too mental and uh, set yourself apart too much from the rest of the crowd but it's something that you believe in or something that you don't believe in that most other people do so who wants to go first because i don't really want to go first i'll be honest
2: shall i uh chip in you go first josh tap one for the team go for it it's got nothing to do with wearing it at all but i think tim sherwood has probably the best um fashion sense of any Villa <laughs> the managers probably ever exist
0: it's a great start
2: are you wearing this garment as we speak james yeah, yeah. Oh, mate.
0: Nice.
2: So, I've, I think I've still got the order. I bought it off, um, I think it was Depop, and the guy <laughs> saw the article I wrote about it and messaged me saying I didn't wow. think this would be in an article. Oh, I, can't, I don't know if I can find it anywhere, but it was like, it must have been not much more and fifteen quid. Do you want to explain what it is to those people who haven't got the joy of YouTube who are just listening? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay, so I am wearing a uh, Tim Sherwood July. It's got a stopwatch in there. I don't think it saw much action, to be honest. I have got a whistle as well.
0: Bonus items.
2: There is a bit of like dried spit inside. <laughs> oh, so no. I've been really. I'm <laughs> um,
0: not touch it. Like <laughs> get get that washed down immediately.
2: It's like a a holy relic, and it? it's not like it, it's not a positive thing. This is not a positive thing. Like what I'm wearing is not a positive thing. But if you look at Villa's history and what the Gilet means and what Tim Sherwood <laughs> means, it's possibly like as close as you're gonna to get to like the Pope's kind of
1: <laughs> Raymond. What I would say about Tim Tim what's his name? Tim Sherwood gilet. It's
0: harmless enough, isn't it? <laughs> oh God. Why is this an unpopular opinion? By the way, I'm pretty on board with this at this point.
2: I, don't know, I just thought I'd say it.
0: <laughs> you just wanted to wear the coat, didn't you?
1: I suppose if you're saying that it's the greatest fashion item, James, of, a, of an Aston Villa yeah. manager, who can we can com- compare
2: it against? And really, I I'm just thinking. trying to think what what managers used to wear down the years. My mind is kind of always stuck in like the recent times, and when you think of mm. Dean Smith and Steve Bruce, who took a polo shirt into trackies, then <laughs> they ain't, <laughs> they ain't got much going for them. To be fair,
1: I always um, remember Bruce. In the playoff final against Fulham at Wembley, <laughs> I was going say that wearing wearing a short sleeve white shirt, and he looked like the yeah. coach driver. He didn't look he didn't look like a football manager. He looked like he, was, he just looked. I mean, I think that's why he didn't get to it. You know, Villa were trying to force it to get to extra time. That's why they never got the equaliser yeah. in the end because he wanted to get off. He would got to get people back on the National <laughs> looked, Express coach and, and back up the M6. I think. I think I
0: agree. I don't think that is that unpopular. I think I agree with you. Now, I've just at some thought, pictures. I think yeah, that's fair.
2: Just what I'd say. It's the first thing I thought of. I was like, I've got to get Tim Sherwood in there. (laughs) Maybe his coaching ability then. I think we'll change it to his coaching ability. And that he was perhaps... My my new unpopular opinion is that Tim Sherwood, and I think I saw this on Twitter as well, and I completely agree, is that Aston Villa's board shouldn't have bought the good players they bought because Tim Sherwood didn't get on with them. And if they bought the players Tim Sherwood wanted, we might have been able to make some kind of fist of it.
0: Are you saying that Tim Sheldon was actually a half-decent manager after all, but wasn't given enough time? Nah, not at all. I'm just, saying,
2: I'm just saying that uh, if they had fully backed him, not by buying all the wonderful players they did, if they had fully backed him in his plan, he'd have probably been able to make a better fist of staying up.
1: I've come up with a working title for the, this segment on James's first unpopular opinion. <laughs> Could we call it Gillette rather than Gillet? <laughs> and then it can be Gillette, the best a manager can get.
0: <laughs> you having that? Oh yeah, not bad though. Oh, God. Do you want to go next, Matt? Because I really still don't want to go.
1: You've got to be brave eventually, Dan, but yeah, I'll go with I'll go with oh, my yeah. first one. I don't know whether my first one's I think my first one might be more unpopular than my second one, but we'll we'll give it a go. Alay, okay. a alay, alay is overrated oh. as a chant. That is I'd unpopular I like where you go with this one. I don't
0: know. I
2: don't know where I, this
0: I, one could go. I feel like, like, what, I, I feel like we should be asking questions here, James. Why is it what do you mean? What how is it overrated? <laughs>
1: Okay, <laughs> you've got me already. <laughs> Let me rephrase it. It's overused, and it's okay. it's. I't it gets on my nerves. I mean don't listen, don't get me wrong. I'll be belting it out um, you know, at the top of my lungs if there is such a thing. Uh, and I'll be singing and chanting it along with everybody at Villa Park when it gets going. But I think it needs to be harnessed by more chants around it. I think it's like the Jack Grealish of chants. I think it's kind of <laughs> I think it's carrying the atmosphere and it's meaning that yeah. none not only the other chants have to turn up. They're just kind of, do you know what I mean? They're just kind of putting too much responsibility on that poor chants' shoulders. But I just remember Villa Park in, in the olden days, and I'm talking probably back in the kind of glorious years of the, of the mid-90s, and there'd be tons of chants, you know. there'd, there'd be yeah. Every player would have a, have a brilliant chant of his own. There'd be three or four really good, well, there'd be more than that. There'd be six or seven really good strong chants, and you just felt that there was a proper atmosphere building i feel it just feels a bit forced i don't know what more you want me to say i think uh, i think i've more than justified my opinion that it is used too much it needs a support cast of uh, of greatest hits surrounding it uh, i don't mind it but i'd probably like it more if it was um if it was a special treat rather than a, yeah. rather than
2: a, than, a, than a regular staple i'm not going to completely disagree but i think there's a reason like there's a load of reasons why it's so popular, and that's A, because it's, new. it's very catchy. It's really catchy. Um, I think the reason it's caught on at Villa so much is because it came like, it came to the forefront at such a positive time for the club, mm. which is quite rare that there's a positive time at Aston Villa, and that a, a fairly, I would say, unique chant springs up that then gets kind of rinsed out. But that was kind of the. It was a new chant for us Villa, and it comes up at a. Uh, I think the first time I heard it was away at Derby. I take your I take your point about it being a new
1: chant and it, it being associated with great times and easy to sing, but. You know, I'm a I'm a teenager of the '90s, and Saturday Night by Wigfield was new at the time. It was easy to it was easy, to, you know, it was easy to remember. You got fairly basic lyrics, and it reminds me of a good time. It doesn't mean that I, I want to listen to it, kind of <laughs> ad nauseum every Saturday afternoon by by forty thousand kind of people, forty thousand brummies singing it. Do you know what I mean? I just think just vary it up a bit, a bit like my kind of '90s, my absolute radio. 90s back catalogue is varied that would it would encompass Shed Seven, Pulp, um, I don't know, Green Day, just vary it up a bit. Just give us give us a little bit of whole tenders in the sky, give us a little bit of, um, my old man said, give us a, a, a little bit of, um, you know, we're by far the greatest team, give it a, a little bit of, you know, we'll follow Villa over land and sea, give it a bit of whatever it might be. Paul McGraw, my lord, give it, give it all that, just, just vary it up, just don't batter me over the head with it.
0: Yeah, I think once you originally read out that title, LA LA is overrated, I was like, oh no, 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 where are we going with this? But I think overused is a better word. I think it's an unpopular opinion to say it's overrated. Yeah, overused maybe is a better word rather than overrated, and I do agree with the, some of the points you've made, but I like it, so... I'm not having it <laughs> I'm not having your opinion that's overrated fine I'm going gonna be like that what's your what's your one then Dan okay I, I think and again because of the these are unpopular opinions I'm not I don't want to be kind of put my colors to the mass too much and I think that if you two give me good reasons here I'm open to be to t- turned around i'm I'm very weak <laughs> with these opinions no, you're, so, you're <laughs>
1: completely wrong with that let's get on to James's next
0: one <laughs> my first one is that the Holt End is better when you're not sat in it. I, think, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion, because I, I, I'd agree. Because most people, if you said, where would you like to sit at Villa Park or stand, they'd say Holt End, everyone would say the Holt End. Whereas because I've always grown up sat in the Lower Trinity, and I've had a season ticket in the same seat, I've always looked and watched at the Holt End and observed it when it's in full mm. flow over the years, and kind of you get to appreciate how loud it is when you, when you sit and look up at it. And obviously it's loud when you're in there as well. But I've only sat in there a few times over the years, and I always think it's... There's a, obviously people that are in there will have their opinions of it as well, but there's just something about watching it in full flow or watching a goal celebration, everyone kind of rises up together and you, you being able to witness that rather than when you're in it and a big flag goes over or whatever, you don't get to see it or when that big flag comes down, you don't get to appreciate that that much when you're sat looking at the whole end, there's something about that that's special.
1: What I would say, Dan, is um, it's very it's semantics here, but when you said the whole end is better when you're not sat in it, I would completely agree with that. The whole end's better <laughs> when you're stood in it. Yeah, fair. A, when it, was, when, it, when it was a standing terrace and it was an absolute beast of a place. It was like a kind of moving, living organism yeah. um, with, a, with a mind of its own. Um, and even now, you don't want to sit down, do you, if you're in the whole end. What, what are you going to do? Just sit and sit and applaud politely <laughs> like you are on last at last night's of the, of the proms. <laughs> it is great, the whole end, to see, it of the, even now, with a, an all-seating stand, as a heaving mass of bodies... When yeah. the goal goes in, or like you say, when when the, the massive flag gets 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 moved across, um, it, it is it's something that you you probably can't quite witness it. You can't you probably can't quite appreciate it if you're in amongst it.
0: That's what I mean. Or you, yeah. or you appreciate
1: yeah. it in a different way.
0: Yeah. Obviously, football is all about opinions. Anyway, and the people that have sat there for twenty years or stood there for twenty years would think, "Oh, what you're talking about?" Like, obviously, you know, there's no, there's no place I'd rather be than in the whole end because my experience is the opposite of that. I've never really sat in there apart from a handful of times. I've always been able to sit and watch it. So yeah, my my unpopular opinion is the whole end is better when you're not not sat in it.
2: All of my best best villa memories revolve around the whole end, either being in it. But I think you've hit the nail on the head because my best filler memory. Involved uh, involves Sean Maloney's kinda of probably the only memory he ever had here. <laughs> so I'm scoring like in the last minute against Fulham and the game looked gone. Like more gone than say even Sheffield United when it was 3 3. Um that game was gone and he scores, so I think it's to give Villa the win as well. I, don't um, I remember that. I thought at first I thought it was a tie. This was ages ago and I, I was sitting in the, the Lane stand on the floor like on the on ground level in the first row and you look up at the whole end and you can really appreciate what happens when a when it goes off in there is it becomes not just like a monument which is you know what it usually is it becomes like a living thing yeah, just yeah. a mass moving um towards goal which is a uh, it's it something to see and i think it's paradoxic. it's like a bit of a paradox because it can't be that without the people being in it yeah. but those people in it can't appreciate it would is. it empty? It'd be it'd empty
1: <laughs> well it'd be still a nice still architecturally a no, nice uh, <laughs> I was going to say a nice erection to look at them, but you'll know that's going to get clipped for, for other purposes. Um, but what, what, I would say, what I would say about the Holt End is the experience of sitting or standing on the Holt End as opposed to sitting or standing anywhere else in Villa Park. I used to be a Holt End season ticket holder when it was a standing terrace, and during the first five or six years, possibly a little bit more of it being a, a, a seated area. Only then have I thought that as a football, as a Villa fan, I can actually influence the result because mm. I can actually—and it's a cliche—but I can actually kind of suck that ball into the into the net. Yeah. I don't. I think anywhere else I sit at Villa Park, and I sit in the top of the Trinity now with with my lad and his mate. We've got season tickets there, so I've been in the Trinity for the best part of the last kind of 15 years now, because I've obviously been in the press box before then, Mm. I felt like a spectator. I felt like a spectator. When I'm in the whole end, I feel like a participator. Um, So I think there's that difference. Is that difference? Maybe it's just maybe we're, we're 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 voyeurs now. Maybe we like to watch rather than uh, rather than be involved. Maybe that says says as much about uh, as much about us and our viewing habits as it does about the uh, the whole thing itself. It's it's a it's a really good it's a really good opinion that you've raised. I think uh, I think it'll create some debate.
0: Actually, uh, you've
1: you've half convinced me, but you've not completely convinced me.
0: That's fine. I'm not even sure I've fully convinced myself, to be honest. But I just thought I'd go with something slightly more controversial. I think my second one, then, if we're going round now, yeah, go for
2: uh, Might be a little bit. It might be a little bit more controversial because I've seen the argument for it, and I've seen a, a lot of people get quite passionate about it. And it's that I think that the theme from an unmade silent movie. I think it's by Hurricane Smith that. Kind of envelopes in Aston Villa era, one of the most successful Aston Villa eras, shouldn't ever be played again at Villa Park because it's a ter- terrible, terrible song. It sounds like you know the curb your enthusiasm um, <laughs> yeah. kind of intro. It sounds like they've got the tape of that and just <laughs> battered it with a hammer. Like genuinely, when I, I listen that. to it, it sounds like clowns. Fall- it sounds like clowns falling backwards <laughs> out of a car. It's, te- it's- it's awful is
0: it
2: yeah it's it's crap like it don't sound it sounds like someone's made it on a little synth like a little and and (laughs) synth. but
0: if my team came out that, I'd absolutely female. Matt please let James speak please (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> you want your team to come out to some energy, right? And Tommy Alvick, when he picked, he picked a decent song, I think when we were first down in the championship, but he had no energy and people were saying, get that hurricane, um, that <laughs> theme from an unmade Solid movie. And I was thinking, do you want us to just be laughed at? The only thing going for it is nostalgia. That
0: is literally it. I I agree. I totally agree. I remember when there was the fan vote for, you can vote for what song can come out at some point. I think this was a few years ago. And again, a lot of that that, that, the the generation that grew up with that era or enjoyed that era as a a teenager or as a young adult and enjoyed success and that that song accompanied it. I I know my dad likes it. Um, So it's people of of that kind of age, whereas I would listen to it exactly the same as you and think when I heard that for the first time, however old I was as a kid, I thought this isn't something that would pump you up before a game, or something that would get you get you ready to go out for war. Like it's it sounds like like you said, like something you'd hear in a circus or a playground. I really don't like it either. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think you've um, I think you've nailed it with those four words, Dan. My dad likes it. You know, what, what
1: can you say about anything in life that that's an endorsement? I'm not knocking your dad. I just mean dads in general, and I am one. Um, yeah, you know, you, you don't really. You, if your dad likes it, you're probably not going to have it on your playlist, are
0: you? <laughs> it's just a weird song, I think. I think you've nailed it, James. I think. I think with a certain uh, age group, that is a very unpopular opinion. I think for people of our age, well, Matt, you seem to be on board as well, and you're a little bit older, but definitely people of our age they just wouldn't associate that with something that Villa would walk out to. And it, uh, yeah. imagine like the. The a final against West Brom last year, and it's this big, massive game. There's fire going off, and then we walk out to a song that sounds like a circus should be coming out. Like, it just d- d- doesn't make sense. I could never get on board. Would have been
2: beaten is what would have happened. Right, <laughs> that's like, just you have to set the tone coming through. Right, you have to the walk up. So I know it, it was a big point in the Sunderland till I died. We all laughed at it because they made him look like a right idiot, uh, Charlie Method.
0: Yeah,
2: but it, it it does play such a valuable role, and it's uh, an understated role. Me personally, I see like your Villa based in Birmingham based in Aston and one of the world's biggest bands is from there and you're not even playing a song by them like an uh, uh, energetic song to kind of go and face the uh, the opposition with I just don't get it man
1: I don't mind it as a piece of music that's associated with Aston Villa I don't think it's the stirring piece of music that you want to whip up an atmosphere or to to motivate your players I think it probably just it, its place is probably just sat upon 1960s 1970s showreel clips of Ashley <laughs> yeah. rather than some something that's going to be cranked up full blast in the dressing room
0: oh I just don't like it
2: it sounds like if um Tinky Winky from Teletubbies was a wrestler. This would be his intro music. Give older fans who, who are nostalgic about that a reason to listen to it. And the only reason is pulling on at half time when they're kicking that ball towards the target in the middle. That's just, that's it. That's the only time I ever want to hear it.
0: God, I've never heard such venom from James Rushton about a song before. But there'll be a certain number of fans that watch or listen to this that'll be fuming at this now going, oh, I can't believe they're disrespecting the nah, song that I associate with Aston Villa. I'm
2: really sorry, but... i I really do think i'm right on this one i'm not I, i always pin my flag to my opinion and think it's right but this one is like there is no redeeming quality of that song whatsoever
0: an unpopular opinion for some but in on this podcast i think you've nailed that one james that can go in room 101 right my
1: unpopular opinion part two is this david platt is a legend
2: yeah
0: okay is that fair I didn't see him play but he was a very good player wasn't he
1: what's the the
0: downside
1: Villa fans who don't like him tend to kind of airbrush out the fact that he was absolutely fantastic player for Villa and instead of remembering what he was and what he did for Aston Villa um, and let's not forget he was part a significant part under, under Graham Taylor Graham Taylor, mm. the, during the first first period under Taylor, of, of getting Villa back on their feet mm. um, in the late 80s. And he was just, he was a fantastic player. He, he kind of, he was Frank Lampard, before Frank Lampard was Frank Lampard. The, those late surges into the box to, to score goals. A goal-scoring midfielder. You know, imagine that, a goal-scoring uh-huh. midfielder for Aston Villa. Um, listen, he got a massive slaphead. Uh, <laughs> but so have I. Um, <laughs> but I think what's happened is... People choose not to remember what David Platt was like in the claret and blue of Aston Villa. They t- choose to remember what has happened since he left Aston Villa.
0: Um, Explain that story to those that don't know them. For for me, I don't know the full story. What 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 mm. happened?
1: Well, I'm very much from the school of thought that it's better to have loved and to have lost than never to have loved before loved at all. And with David Platt. When he left Villa, he went to Italy and and had a very successful career in Italy, and then came back to Arsenal. You know, Mm -hmm. was a, a regular England international. He was a top class, really, 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 really talented, really able player. But when he left Villa, he kind of didn't really speak about Villa after that. It was almost as if it never happened. The the claret and blue chapter of his career never happened. Whereas the Clayton Blue chapter of his career was the thing that actually kind of put him on the road to to fame and fortune, he didn't mention it. But does it matter? It's almost like kind of having a girlfriend who you fall out with, and you had great times with her, (laughs) great, you know, great fun. It was brilliant, but people change, things happen. She's moved on, and then you kind of almost kind of stalking a Facebook page for the next ten years, just thinking. Why isn't she talking she's not, about me? She's not, shared, she's not shared one of our pictures, you know. <laughs> Remember when we kind of ate spaghetti off the same spoon in San Carlos back in 1991 or whatever? Let it go. Let, let's just enjoy what we had. Okay, so we might not have, 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 have kind of sunk from the rafters about how great Aston Villa were and how important they were to him. I don't think he's ever really bad mouths Aston Villa. There's a saying in life, you should never meet your heroes, mm. which is great, and I've never met him <laughs> <laughs> but I had caused, I had caused to phone him um, through the course of my job probably 10, 10 or 11 years ago. And before I phoned him, I thought, I kept saying, don't be an idiot. <laughs> he, him, not me. I knew I was going to be an idiot. Platy, don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Please be a good bloke. Please be a good bloke. And he was brilliant. I got him on the phone for 10 or, 10 or 15 minutes from his holiday home in Sardinia and he spoke, gave me all the lines that I wanted, I can't remember what I was speaking about, I'm sure it was about Aston Villa, <laughs> and at the end, I just kind of had five minutes conversation with him, a bit of fanboy stuff about how great he was, and how I loved him at Villa, and he was brilliant, <laughs> he was the nicest bloke on earth, it be nice, wouldn't it, it'd be nice if he was an ambassador for Aston Villa, who was flying the flag, and talking about Villa all the time, and bigging up the fan base and, and talking about what a platform it was for him, and how important it was in his career, but... I'd rather have him, like I say, roving from midfield, kind of scoring those goals, yeah. beam, beaming to the whole end when he when he celebrated and what he stood for then, being the poster boy for for a bright new era for Aston Villa. I'd rather have that, and if it means that he never mentions Aston Villa again, then <laughs> so be. Yeah. Uh, what was your original
0: your original phrasing? Your unpopular privilege, is David Platt is a legend. Is that what you said?
1: David Pat- Platt is an Aston Villa legend and also a Coronation Street legend.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think maybe the wording of that would be unpopular. I, I don't know, and I don't, I'm obviously speaking for people that are before my time. I'm not sure whether many people would yeah. class him as a legend for Aston Villa. I think they'd recognise him as a very good player, and he would be a hero to some. This is kind of the hero, iconic legend debate, isn't it? What words do you give these people? Uh, Ian yeah. Taylor was a Villa legend. Is is David Platt a Villa legend? I'm not sure, but I think... He the, is, mate, yeah. I think, okay. Yeah, he is. There's no debate about it.
2: I would treat Matt's thing is David Platt a legend, is does the player have a certain reverence when people speak about him? Is there a certain kind of aura? And I think David Platt has that. The way people speak about it, it's like with, with Gordon Coen's and and you know the precursors in that like playmaker position is the way they're speaking about it, these Brian Littles, these David Platt's, these Gordon Coen's, There's of a certain yeah. quality and they all kind of, when people say stuff about them, where there's differences in ability, but when people speak about them, they're usually going along the same line. So I'd say... Yes, he, having not even seen him, the way people speak about him to me would tell me that.
0: You can have that one then, Matt. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Shall I move on to mine? My, the last one. Go on then, yeah. you're a bit scared about this one, but, aren't you? I'm a little bit nervous, yeah. I think, James, I feel like you and I have potentially talked about this in the past, and I think you might agree with me. So this is what I've gone for, because I'm hoping that you'll back me up a little bit. <laughs>
2: so you're, gonna, you're dragging me down <laughs> yeah, with this. Like, if you go down, I'm coming down. Da- feel
0: free to disagree. I'm just going to drop this. There's... Five words that I've written. I'm just going to drop this in and not say anything and let you two kind of discuss the aftermath. My unpopular opinion is, the round badge is overrated. Absolutely. I like the round badge. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's again, I think this is a, a, a lot down the same lines as the theme from an unna- unmade silent movie thing that people of a certain generation will associate that badge with success for Villa. From I've done some research somewhere, I don't know what tab it's in there, that we had it between kind of the I don't know, 70s and the early 90s or something like that. Aesthetically, I'm looking at it now, and this might be a a dodgy kind of Photoshop kind of job that it's just on some website, but the colours don't even look right to me. Those colours aren't claret and blue to me. The claret is not claret. It's more like an orangey, tan, brown. And the blue is very kind of like almost the blue that I'm wearing in this shirt rather than like a sky blue pale. I understand that that badge means success for people and I understand that when you see photos of us lifting the European Cup that is the badge you associate with it and I don't understand that I'm not stupid but aesthetically looking at it I just don't like it I don't like round badges in general either I just think they look tacky I like a shield or a kind of something that's got a bit of uniqueness to it rather than a kind of generic circle I think it's very easy like I look at badges now again done a little bit of research I associate round badges now those like modern flashy ones that get redesigned like Chelsea Man City yeah, like that a Bristol City Randall, one that it? it was just like the yeah. Bristol City used to be a Robin and then it's like oh I'll just put it in a circle like I don't like that imagine like if Villa brought it back now it wouldn't be what it was it would be a modern version of the lion and the, and the lettering and stuff but stuck in, it, stuck in a circle that I think would just look cheap like I like something with you know a bit of shape or texture or whatever you want to say like Liverpool is the, the bird Man United, Newcastle, even Everton have got like the they've got like those little chimney things on there. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's like a castle, isn't it, or something? I don't know. But I like things that have got a bit of kind of shape or style to them. Whereas a round badge that isn't even really claret and blue, unless that photo is wrong. But I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't. I don't like that badge, and I would not like them to bring it back. What What I would say is that over recent years. Villa have spent an absolute
1: fortune on consultants <laughs> yeah. and graphic designers <laughs> and creative, you know, outsourcing to these creative influencers and all this just to get, you know, what is it? I think I think it cost them about two million quid to work to to remove the word prepared off a badge. Yeah, and you're thinking, oh, I remember um, Richard Fitzgerald who was very briefly the CEO. Um, Probably around two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, had a big kind of fanfare with released the new badge that day, and I'll never forget somebody. We put it straight out. We did a story on it. The first reaction we got was something like, "It looks like it, it looks like a sick cat coughing up a fur ball," or something <laughs> like that. And just think. <laughs> Again, it, it, it is a bit like me clinging to, to David Platt because uh, of the Blue Peter badge. People cling <laughs> cling to this round badge because it was simpler times, it was successful times, and I don't think people are looking at it through your aesthetic eye, Dan. I think they're looking yes, at it yeah, because true. it brings them comfort from from the times when, when yeah. Aston Villa um, were half decent.
0: I understand why it's important to people, but I'm just not fussed about it. I, I wouldn't be bothered about you know, signing a petition to get that back, and all these things that go around on Twitter every couple of years to bring back the round badge. No, don't. I'm not bothered.
2: I think the best Villa badge is probably the one I had in the 50s because that that one always strikes to me as like the Aston Villa badge. It's like a a shaped shield. Yeah, it's got I mean. the lion. It's got um, prepared there's even a different one, I think, if you go through the crest history. There's one that doesn't have a crest. It's a lion and just AV underneath. And I think that one's pretty cool. It's, a, it's the same as the nostalgia thing, isn't it? People want that comforting uh, round badge. And I'm not against a round badge redesign. I just think in Villa's history, you have a few certain things that always crop up. And the round badge is only a small slice of that. So we don't necessarily need to go back to that as much as it's okay. I, d- I, don't, I personally don't like it. But round badges are just an in thing now. And I think if you go to a modernized brown villa badge you just simply fall into this identical pattern like Brentford it just looks highly stylized and not really reflect a, a brand that that is attached to the shirt it just looks a bit off to me and a bit modern for the sake of modern do
1: you know what I'd love to see I'd love to see David Platt wearing a gilet with a round <laughs> badge on Sitting in the hot end, listening to a mashup of theme from an unmade silent movie mixed with a la la la.
2: Honestly, mate, that's what I'm yearning for. I'm missing football oh, so much. I'd love to see that. What a way to end as well. Matt's been sitting there waiting for the perfect
0: moment. <laughs> yeah, we've done our six unpopular opinions. This has been one of my favourite episodes that we've done for a while. Actually, we've covered a, a, a wide range of topics, kind of by chance that we've all kind of given six six subjects out of nowhere, and it's been a nice mashup of. AVFC memories and, and different thoughts and kits and music and all sorts, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that, I don't, don't know if you two did, I don't know whether the audience did, but I, I had a nice time. I mean, this might be an unpopular opinion,
1: but I thought that was <laughs> award-winning. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: that was <definitely> <laughs> I thought it definitely. was
1: definitely unpopular. I thought it brilliant. <laughs> I think it's going to get record viewing figures, and I think the comments <laughs> on there, talking about how nice my tracksuit top is, it's, it's going to go through the roof, mate, genuinely. Oh, yeah
0: you've hyped up this tracksuit jacket so I'm looking forward to seeing it when I do the edit as well I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued I'm going to cut the arms off it mate when I've gone and get a Tim Sherwood <laughs> to spit in the pocket <laughs> oh goodness me I think that's a nice way to end it uh, thank you both for joining me this evening if you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Clarent Blue podcast I think this is episode 32 now let us know leave an iTunes review leave a, a comment on YouTube get in touch with us on social media as well if you want to um, obviously we can take your comments and, and use them for future podcasts as well uh, we'll be back at some point next week with a, another episode where I think the next one we do might be this this, be, this best kits one that we keep teasing and haven't recorded yet so that probably might need to, to come next so stay tuned for that um, thank you very much for tuning in on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify wherever you're listening and uh, we'll see you again soon thank you very much and up the villa thank you for listening to Claret and Blue
1: an Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode until then up the villa